to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I'm with my friend and co-host Angela Donadio. We are so excited to discuss her upcoming brand new Bible study, releasing October 1st, (laughs) y'all. Fearless, ordinary women of the Bible who dare to do extraordinary things. This month, we're going to look at ways we can find our fearless. Girlfriend, congratulations! Thank you, Denise. Yes, fearless launches in just a month, and I cannot wait for women to hold this resource in their hands and discover what happens when uncommon faith has an unexpected encounter with an extraordinary God. Mm-hmm. So whether you're longing to realize your purpose or you're fighting for a God-given cause or you're kicking fear to the curb, we can find our fearless in the inspiring stories of these ordinary women of the Bible, but they dare to do extraordinary things. I cannot wait. So y'all, I've, I've had a glimpse of the book, but I just can't wait to do this study. And it, what I'm holding in my hands here is going to appeal to all generations, which I think makes this book so special. And it's a six-week Bible study. And on the front, there's this little girl with a rocket on her back. So <laughs> <laughs> I call her rocket girl. <laughs> So this is such an awesome study, and I cannot wait to give it to my daughters who have struggled with fear at times. They may or may not have inherited this issue from their mama, just Mm. saying, but we are in good company when we see how women in the Bible have dealt with fear. The scripture for this episode is taken from Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a promise this holds for us. God himself will meet us in our time of fear and strengthen, help, and uphold us. This month, we are finding our fearless, and today's episode encourages us to find our fearless when we trust that God can preserve our hope. This six-session Bible study features the stories of six women in the Bible, Jochebed, Rahab, Abigail, the woman at the well, the woman with the blood disorder, and Priscilla. Why did you choose these particular women, and what do they have in common? Well, when the concept for Fearless was in its infancy, I had just all kind of ideas of how it might turn out. I had so many women I was looking to write about, and I wanted to cover some of the best supporting actresses of the Bible. <laughs> you know, there's a lot written about the Esthers and the Marys, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, what about some of the women we don't hear mm-hmm. as much about, lesser known, but yet they still had really important and crucial roles to play? So we knew less about these women than some of their contemporaries, and so I had to do a lot of research about them. And my early research gave me this loose framework around their list of accomplishments, but it provided only a glimpse into their personalities. So the more I studied, the more I discovered about these unique challenges that they faced and the distinct role that they played not only in their culture, but in the larger you know, story of God's narrative. And we might just be surprised to hear what these women have to say about these complex dilemmas, Denise, that we're still facing Mm. today. It's so important to me. We were chatting prior to starting today that the younger generation, our daughters, you know, I have a 22-year-old. I know yours about the same age. I want them to know that the Bible is relevant for everything that they're dealing with today. Mm -hmm. And they're not just ancient stories. They're important, critical truths that we can apply today. And it isn't easy to find our voice in a loud world. 
I, I talk with so many women and we wrestle with nagging questions that chip away at our worth. It's exhausting carrying pain from the past or pressure from the present or fear about the future, but it is possible to rise above the doubts that try to kill our courage and move forward into God's call on our lives. That's just beautiful, you know, that you are really trying to pursue that next generation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, I think we're just so busy ourselves mm. and our kids are growing up in even busier time. And so we we aren't just supposed to model it for them. We're also supposed to impart True. wisdom to them. And we kind of forget that. True. I think sometimes we can. So I know one thing I've started doing recently um you know, when my kids were at home, I had their captive audience, you know, we're going to do Bible time now. And so um, I have a text group and about every day I mm. send them something from my devotion time. I love that. One thing that stands out, and there's been so many times and they were like, mom, this is just what I need mm. to hear. I love that. So you're doing this is, is serving, you know, women who have yet to even be born, who are going to come and see this and say, wow, mm. you know, the generation went before me. So I just, I love your heart. Thank you. You know, to disciple too. So praise God for this truth. You know, I love how the book description addresses two major barriers to fearless living. We have to stop the cycle of comparison and ground our worth in the word instead of the world. Can you expound on that a bit? Absolutely, Denise. And each session encourages us first to stand up, then to stand out and stand strong. So we stand up and we develop the God confidence that we need to step into our unique calling. We stand out when we seize God moments and make culture-shaping choices. And then we stand strong when we embrace our God-sized dreams to become a catalyst for change. And these women are not just ancient stories Mm -hmm. about women of the Bible. They're our girlfriends, they're our sisters, they're us. And they're doing their best to raise their children and love their husbands and manage a business and serve in ministry and do all the things. And they're fighting health challenges and they're dealing with insecurities. Mm -hmm. So they show us how to stand up in uncommon ways for the common good and stand out with confidence, even in a fog of uncertainty. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I would have been a major wimp back then. <laughs> I can already tell you that. Oh. I'm like, man, those were tough times too. Very tough times. <laughs> well, in the first session, you introduce us to the women who delivered a deliverer. I love that. Moses. How does Moses' mother, Jochebed, help us find our fearless? Exodus tells us that she lived at a time when the Hebrews were under the wicked rule of Pharaoh in Egypt. I can't imagine what she must have felt like placing her infant baby boy Mm. in the reeds by the Nile River to protect him from Pharaoh's order that all Hebrew babies were to be thrown into the Nile. Can you imagine, Denise? I mean, as a mom (laughs) of a son, and I know you are as well, she challenged my faith in unusual ways. I actually cried writing that Mm. part of it, just picturing each the beginning of each session is written almost from their perspective and a first-person narrative, what it would have been like, and you know, trying to put myself in her shoes and that she crafted that papyrus basket, you know, Mm. herself and then put her child in it, you know, and it might seem like Yaakovah was placing her hope in that basket. But as she set Moses in the Nile, the enemy's tool for destruction became God's tool for preservation. Mm. Her hope wasn't in a basket or even in Pharaoh's daughter that she knew would be coming momentarily to bathe and hoping that he, you know, she would rescue Moses and give him a chance at life. Her her hope really truly Denise was in God. Yes. And she knew that God can preserve our hope. 
So when we're walking through a season of uncertainty, maybe with more questions than answers, we can trust that God ultimately has the final say in our situation. You know, I think about, you know, mama bear, you yeah. know that phrase? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone says they want to kill my son. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be putting him in a basket. I know. <laughs> but she knew, I really believe she had faith. Absolutely. At Absolutely. that place, because she knew he was special, you know, and I think there's gifts we see in all of mm-hmm. our kids that we want to protect, and sometimes in this world, there's such harsh things, yeah. and we have to trust God, too. That's right. You know, at those places where we just, uh, you know, want to try to defend them ourselves, we've mm-hmm. got to put our hope in God. True. You know, that's so comforting. When, when our hope is in Christ and not in a perfect outcome here on earth, we can surrender to His will and know that truly it is best. We know God is completely trustworthy, and we don't have to fear when our lives are surrendered to Him. But why do you think we still tend to place our hope in other things, like people or bank accounts? Mm-hmm. You know, we look for something tangible to tether our hope to, mm. but that just leaves us sorely disappointed. Fearless faith relies on God to make a way. And the women who delivered a deliverer teach us this powerful truth. We learn how to flex our faith muscles by saying yes to God in small decisions. Mm-hmm. That way, when we're faced with these giant asks, like she was, you know, we're ready because we've consistently developed trust. Knowing God's character as we're trusting Him in these small decisions helps us to really take a leap when it's these take a deep breath and how is this thing going to work out? You know, these times in our lives, it's not just surrendering a baby like she had to do. You know, my son just went off to college. It's surrendering him at this season to know that he's following God's call in his life and for me to trust that God is in control. Mm. You know, I was just going to use an example too, you know, just to piggyback off you, but dropping my youngest daughter off mm-hmm. at college and and knowing struggles that each of your kid has and trusting them to the Lord yeah. with that. Yeah. And and not like we are God, you know, but we sometimes feel like we can fix everything. Right. And really we need to step back. Well we think we can control everything. And yeah. when things are outside of our control, we really have to surrender mm-hmm. to the Lord, you know? Yeah. And that's where the, you know, just trying to send an encouragement or do whatever mm-hmm. we can, but ultimately it's hoping in God. That's right. You know, in my book, uh, 31 Days to Hope Reinvented, which was actually born in a time when I desperately needed God's hope, I discuss how we have to reinvent our idea of hope. And Mm -hmm. I think you're doing some of that here, too. There's a sense of this is how we've hoped. This is how we need to hope. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's so much in our culture, people don't really think about it. Uh, Wait, maybe I shouldn't be hoping in things. Because we're so accustomed to hoping in temporary things. And the hope we have is often not really hope at all. It's often just desires or wants, like, <laughs> I want chocolate right now <laughs> and hope I lose weight. Right. But hoping in Christ holds a certain outcome. It's, it's going to happen. It's not just a wish. Mm. I found it interesting that Pharaoh's daughter is part of this story, even though we're not sure she's ever accepted faith in Jehovah as God. That's true, Denise. You know, we're not positive which Pharaoh was in leadership at that point. We're not positive which daughter. You can kind of narrow it down to a time period. 
but we don't really know where she fell in the, you know, in her belief system, but she's still a very important part of Moses' story. And God used her for kingdom purposes, which that will preach all by itself. Mm. God can use anything we're walking through to still move us into his call on our life. And what I really loved about her is that she refused to be defined by racial bigotry or religious discrimination. She chose to rescue Moses from the water and said she knew he was a Hebrew baby. And so she knew that she was going against even her own father's dictate to rescue him out of the water and raise him as her own son. So these cultural issues gave her every reason to be stingy with her level of involvement, yet she let go of the stigma and she became a catalyst for change. So each of the women in this story, whether it's the midwives who refused to kill the Hebrew babies or Moses' mother and his sister have a part to play or Pharaoh's daughter, they were all part of God's story. So our greatest opportunity to shape a culture is to do exactly what God has called us to do. And with each of these women, we can see that we need to be willing to play a small part for the greater good. We don't have to spend one more second worrying about what someone else is doing. You're not them. So we don't have to let comparison keep us from operating in the gifts that God has deposited in us. We can make the decision to obey God at all costs because when obedience is our criteria, everybody wins. Yes. And God knows these secret places in these of our lives, like you said, where you desperately needed hope. He knows those places where we tend to put our hope in a source other than God. So he invites us to surrender those places and tether every tender spot in our life to him. Mm, I love that. You know, as you were talking about comparison and and hope, I was thinking a lot of times it's because we're just so focused on self. Mm that we're constantly trying to, you know, make our way through this world. But when we do surrender, it's mm-hmm. such a place of peace. It's not my life, God. And, you know, surrendering it, just like Moses was surrendered that's in a basket right. and that's trusting. Right. That's what we need to do as well. So God can preserve our hope and give us a hope that far surpasses the hopes we were often clinging to. This book can be life-changing. You know, if you're out there today and you're saying, I don't feel like God sees me. I don't have any more hope for my life. God already says in his word that he knows the plans he has for you. He has a hope and it's certain. And so we are in a fallen world and sometimes we can wonder if our hopes will ever be realized. Well, we've just seen this beautiful example that Angela has shared that Hopes are beyond realized. God's plans always supersede ours, and we wouldn't want it any other way. We hold on to something of so much lesser value than God's perfect plans. So guys, you can pre-order your book at AngelaDonatio.com, and we're also offering a giveaway. Yes, I love giveaways. <laughs> I got more books than anybody. <laughs> Me too. I love giveaways. So leave a comment about how God has preserved your hope to be entered to receive a free copy. Well, thank you, Denise. The raw truth is that we can find our fearless when we trust that our obedience will be the platform for the miraculous. The radical grace is no matter how dark our situation, God's word always has the final say. And the real hope is when we flex our faith muscles by saying yes to God in our everyday decisions, we'll be prepared for the big asks and see God work in our lives. 
You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.